Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of Sotiful, where our guest is Mallory Rothstein. Toya. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me today. This is our lovely guest, Mallory Rothstein, affectionately known as Mal. So how are you ladies doing today? I'm good. Other than my kids screaming in the background. <laughs> okay. So what have you been working on, Nakia, today? Today I worked on a spreadsheet. I am trying to build a compliance KPI dashboard with format with conditional formatting. So that that was my all day project. Oh, oh that was intense. Well, today I um did some lead generation calls. In addition, got ready for a um StreamYard live event um tomorrow and then did some additional just admin work for in within my own business. Toya, what you work on today? I just like to say I don't know what Nikki was talking about KPIs and spread. Ooh, that made my head hurt, but I she, enjoyed. Said said it. She was doing alphabet soup. I know some some it was a nerdy situation. That's all I can say. But I enjoyed doing the the uh, production run through with you this morning for for our client. Yes. yes, me and me and Toya's building our own little production business. Yes, yes. She the producer, I'm the coordinator. I'm the coordinator. And Mallory, tell us what you worked on today. Yeah, so I went to an administrative professionals networking kind of mixer, which was Ooh. really fun. Uh, there was about, I think, 42 people, and uh, I got to speak to maybe five uh, of or six of them around the world. So that was very fun. And then for my team, we have an all hands uh, coming up where we have everyone come together. And so me and a couple of the other admins are working on a like fun video as the intro and trying to get some of our leads to participate. And now we're going to surprise them with our own video in the beginning, kind of roasting them and then going into their videos. So I've been like working on the script for this. That is really only like a 20 second thing, but I want it to be perfect. And I want to make my like, you know, acting debut for my team to see like, you know, uh, that I can act and, and be silly. So that's what I was doing all day today. Well, I'm silly on a natural, so don't don't, don't look at me, okay? <laughs> you you should be, you know, the host of it. You should be the one that's uh that's coming in. <laughs> Girl, we'll get in trouble. Well, this is the internet. Oh yeah, we can do it. We can do it. <laughs> that sounds so fun. I can't. Can, can we see that finished product when it's done? That sounds cool. We might be able to. I have to see with uh, okay my team, but you can at least see my video. For yeah, sure. that is so cool. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, let me tell you about this lovely individual that we have with us today, um, affectionately known as Mal. Mallory Rothstein is a woman of faith who is on a mission to help teens and assistants level up on their personal development journey to fulfill their purpose and have greater business impact. She founded Learn What Matters and more than an admin to be able to fulfill that mission. In 2016, 
Mallory joined Google as an administrative business partner in search ads. Since then, she supported 20 plus leaders in search ads and people operations. Last year, she became the TEDx speaker and already booked another TEDx in 2022 because she is someone always full of ideas worth sharing. When Mallory now resides in Central Florida, she's a New Jersey native graduating from Freeland High School and Stony Brook University, and she continues to be an active alumni. Welcome, everyone, Mallory Rothstein. And I, became, and I just yesterday became a first-time plant mom, so I'm very excited. I have one in the bag. Yeah, uh, three plants. I, I told myself it's got to be plants, a pet, and then kids. That's what I'm telling myself. Right? I got to first keep the plants alive because I've never been able to, like, you know, take care of plants, but I'm, I'm getting serious this time. I like the progression. Yeah. Uh, okay, now you're asking me a little bit too much. So I <laughs> I have a corn plant, I think one of them is. One is like succulents. And then this other one, I think it's Chinese evergreen, something like that. Um, yeah, that's what the that's what the the card says. So, but what that actually means in terms of watering them and stuff, I have to uh, still do my homework. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, welcome. Welcome to the plant. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. I know what was the thing if you put it near the sun and you see how it leaned. It kind of tells you how it's forming. Don't ask me. Oh, wow. That, that's some good advice because I have no idea. So I have a lot of friends, though, that uh, really are teaching me some stuff in the last couple of uh, hours. So I'm, I'm having fun with this. Okay. Okay. So tell us about this journey at Google. Yeah. So it's funny because I came to Google and I actually told a lot of the people that I was interviewing with. I'm probably going to only be here two years, um, but I'm going to be, I'm not going to be your longest admin, but I'm going to be your best one. And so I had really only thought that I was going to be at Google for two years. I've now been here for over four years and um, I've really enjoyed, you know, my time at Google in a lot of different ways. It's not always been like the easiest ride, but I've really enjoyed what I've gotten to do. Um, and so I've stayed and I've specifically stayed an administrative business partner. And I think this is really something that a lot of people don't realize is they think that I just have had to stay in this role, but I've chosen to stay in this role. I've been offered other opportunities if I've wanted to interview and I've said no, because I love being an administrative business partner. I feel as though what I have access to, what the opportunities I've gotten have really fulfilled me and, um, that I thought other roles couldn't. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty uh, cool ride. I, like I said, I supported over 20, probably now 25 executives between people operations and search ads. And I've really loved a lot of the executives that I've gotten to support as well. Um, and like I said, it's not always been, you know, this peachy ride and there's no adversity. There's definitely been a ton of adversity at the same exact time, but I've, um, I've been able to, you know, start certain side hustles. I've been able to, do a lot more than just um, scheduling calendar expenses and um, what people might think is a typical admin role. I've been able to do a lot more um, because of the people that I've supported and what they've trusted in me. Um, so that's kind of part of my journey at Google. So do you always get the famous question of, can you help me understand Google ads? 
I get a lot of questions. Oh my gosh. I had, and I don't even know 100% everything about Google ads. I need to like spend more time actually learning all about, all about it. I, um, I work also, I should say specifically for the engineering team. So when people think that I work for ads, they're like, Oh, do you know this person in ads marketing or like, do you know about like selling ads or whatever? And I'm like, no, the people who I support just design the ads. They are the technical, you know, masters of it, but they're not selling it. They're not advertising it. They obviously work with those teams, but just my teams that I support alone are over 200 people. So I obviously don't know everyone on, you know, the entire ads business. So how were you able to um, transition what you're doing into your now new entities with learn what matters and more than an admin. Yeah. So I'm still in early days. I always like to tell people that, and I've uh, really decided to slow, uh, slowly scale versus what, you know, the world tells us that you have to scale right away and you have to succeed tomorrow. And I've really kind of thought that whole idea because I felt like that I really needed to focus on, getting my personal life in order and who I am in order and making sure I'm ready to succeed. You know, there's so many people that are afraid of failure and that's totally valid. But for me, my journey has always been afraid of what success will bring, um, making a lot of money or having a lot of people know my name or my business being really successful. To be honest, I fear more of what those things could bring in potential lawsuits, privacy issues, your family wanting your money. Like all of those things have really scared me. Um, and I'm, you know, working through those, but I started learn what matters about three years ago. And it's all, it's been all about helping high school students invest in their personal development, understanding what that term is. I've done some coaching. I've spoken at different high schools or different youth events. And I started a scholarship at my high school and we're having the third uh, scholarship winner be announced, um, in a couple months. And so that has been actually really fulfilling for me to be able to do that. And um, and then just last year, what happened was at Google, I was like kind of like pseudo mentoring a bunch of different people and just having conversations with a ton of different admins there. And then I was like, wow, I should like, you know, get out of the Google bubble and start having these conversations and trying to help people beyond just the company that I support. And so the last, um, I'd say, year I've just been playing around with this idea for more than an admin. And um, it's all about kind of helping right now, at least it's all about helping administrative professionals be able to discover, uh, leverage and celebrate who they are, especially outside of their core role and to have to fulfill their purpose and have greater business impact and um, trying to get not just assistance to see themselves beyond, you know, an admin, but also getting the world. Like there's so many negative I feel as though perceptions of what an assistant is, or a lot of times people don't realize that all of us, not even work-wise, like sometimes I get like a weird rep because people are like, it's okay to just be an assistant now. I'm like, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying that all of us inherently are things outside of being an assistant. Like I'm a woman, I'm a daughter. I like, you know, I love plants now. Like I have um, back home pets. Like there's so many other aspects of ourselves. And I think sometimes in this role, when people work with you, they sometimes forget that you're like actually a human being and you're not just a taskmaster. So trying to also help the world um, really see us beyond that. So I've done some clubhouse rooms. I'm working on a book. I'm working on a podcast. Um, I'm kind of filming this like 
documentary docu-series and figuring out where I'm going to go from there, um, kind of documenting my journey. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with all of this. So that's a little bit about each of them. And so how do you feel, because you mentioned something with the word assistant. We have had several conversations here. Um, as we told you before, we're all virtual assistants. However, we have titles beyond those that virtual assistant. That is just a task that we perform, but we also excel in different areas. How do you feel the platform of, of the title itself, virtual assistant, can somewhat be derogatory in the mind of other people when they think about us? Yeah, I, it's interesting because um, I don't know why, you know, I mean, I just think that there's this weird stigma around the word assistant that there really shouldn't be. I often wonder, like, if all of you as, you know, virtual assistants called yourself virtual consultants, like, how many people would view you more like better or think that you're higher quality work just because you have the term uh, consultant versus assistant. I've always wanted to see if people play around with different words, what would happen even at Google. Like we don't really call, I don't think most people, there's a few um, rarities, but most people call themselves administrative business partners or executive business partners. And um I've definitely, when people meet me and they want to know, a lot of times people that are not um, in the assistant community are like, oh, what's that? What's a business partner? Versus in the assistant community, people often know that it's probably an executive assistant. And I tell a lot of people, I'm like, it's a fancy word for executive assistant. It's just that um, Google has taken a stance on we want people to know that we are business partners. That's part of like our role at Google. But for me, like, I think it's sad. I don't think that people should look down on the word assistant. And I wish that there, again, that people had more positive um, feelings about the word. And for me, I, don't, I personally don't look down on anyone. I don't think that if, you know, I hear the word virtual assistant, I'm thinking, oh, these people aren't part of their team. This is a lower quality. I don't think any of those things. And I try very hard that wherever I'm in spaces, especially on Clubhouse, um, like that people know that if someone has the word assistant, you should respect them as much as the people that they support or the people that they have access to. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. <coughs> Ladies, you all have any questions or? Well, I have a, a child that's screaming in the background, but I just want to say real quick. So is it fun? Do you enjoy working at Google? It's like, is that fun? Definitely fun a lot, but I also say it's it's also a lot of hard work. You know, they give a lot of perks, but it also sometimes comes at a cost. And there's also a lot of expectations. So when someone wants to work at Google, I always tell them that you have to be ready for the scale, the speed, and the pressure. Because if you make one mistake, you can cost the company billions of dollars. You can impact billions of people's lives because our products touch billions of people's lives and our mm -hmm. products make billions of dollars. So I had someone um, probably a year into when I started working at Google who used to say, if you don't schedule this meeting, you're going to cost us a billion dollars. And I told my boss afterwards, he's like, Mallory, you should like put this on your performance review. Performance review. Every time you schedule a meeting for this person, count up how many billions of dollars you've saved us. 
And so now I always joke with people that like, I'm the reason why Google is making billions of dollars because uh, of the meetings that I schedule. But some people like I send out emails that go to 1800 people every week. I'm in charge of these design reviews that, that every single new feature for a search ad, um, the, I schedule meetings that every single new feature has to get approved in these meetings. So technically these meetings do generate a lot of billions of dollars from Google's revenue. If I make one mistake, 1800 people are going to know about it. And a lot of high up people. Now for me, I have the personality where I'm like, I'm from Jersey. Like I don't get offended that much. Like, you know, you, if you're going to get mad at me, I can go right back at you and it doesn't bother me. But some people come into Google and they make one mistake and they have like 10 people reach out to them. Like, what did you do or blah, blah, blah. And they get very nervous and like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my job. And so I tell them, you just have to be ready for that. So yes, there are a ton of perks. I mean, I miss being in the office sometimes because there is a gym and I used to get like a massage and there was tons of different perks that you have there. Um, but I always told people like, if I got a massage, I'd be working like that hour or whatever I took afterwards. So I always used to make up my hours in some way. So it's not like I'm like working two hours a day and just having fun. I would just, um, work later, work earlier, but for sure, a lot of fun, a lot of flexibility often. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. And that's kind of the reasons why also I haven't left. So with that being said, do you find that? Um, cause if you were to compare it to another entity that you worked at, did you, do you find that the flexibility and the engagement, uh, because your job can be stressful that they try to give you all a warm, open environment so that you can do exceptional work that you wouldn't make a mistake with one E. Do you find that work better in that in corporate America, as opposed to the tight, stiff, you clock in at 8.30, you go to lunch at 1, you come back at 2, you clock out at 5.30, and then we see you again tomorrow. Yeah, so the company that I worked at before, I mean, I definitely learned a lot from there, and I have no regrets from working, but it was much more traditional, and I was constantly trying to say that to them, and this was like six, five or six years ago now, I have been saying, like, you need to modernize your work for, your workplace. You have, like, if you want millennials, especially in Gen Z, to start working here, it's not like you have to have ping pong tables all around and it needs to be like, you know, this crazy environment, but you need to have some more like flexibility and you need to have like better internal tools, like a lot of things that people that are younger are looking for, in my opinion, at least. And they were a little bit more rigid. And I'd say for me working at Google, because it's so modern and it's very not traditional, I've loved it. Again, Google's not perfect. There are definitely things you read about in the news. I've like definitely experienced certain hardships at Google, but I will say it's still one of the best places to work. And that is a huge reason why I haven't left. I mean, there's so many resources. I tell anyone like, you can't, you can't, um, complain about certain things that Google does because they, they do try very hard. Again, nothing's perfect. And I tell people, if you think you're, that's another thing I tell people, if you want to come work at Google and you think it's going to be perfect, it's not, your bubble's going to be bursted very quickly, just like in any place, even if you're in the, you're in the perfect relationship, you're still going to get into a fight every once in a while. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing at Google. There's over, I think a hundred thousand or 200,000 people working there between, um, 
temporary vendor contracts and full time. It's like its own city. I mean, there's good people, there's bad people. And um, I still feel as though that at the end of the day, I've been very proud to work there, especially with the opportunities that I've had, um, even working with young people, um, especially trying to invest in the younger generation. I've had a lot of opportunities to do that because of Google. So Mallory, you look pretty young. I mean, what does it take to, to get on at Google and do what you do? I mean, did you have an extensive uh, resume before you came in? So for me, I only had one year of experience. I worked for a CEO of a healthcare company. And I tell people that the only reason why I got my job is because the job only needed one year of experience, which I did have. And I had supported a big CEO where I was like traveling all the time and it was another fortune 500 company. So I was trying to not work for a CEO and work for lower level directors. And um, so I fit all the requirements and I knew someone, I knew someone close to me at the time that could refer me and they looked over my resume and they wrote me a referral. And that was kind of how I started my journey. But my like resume had to go through three rounds of just the resume review. I remember being like, what? Another person's reviewing my resume? Another person's reviewing my resume? Like, when am I going to interview? And then I went through a serious round of interviews, a lot of them, um, and they were very difficult. It was not easy. I tell anyone that if you get referred, it's not like, oh, you're getting referred and you're definitely getting the job because there are so many checks and balances. I mean, I've referred many people and not everyone has made it through. So it is definitely a rigorous process. Um, and there's so much, I would say like, I did a lot of things to make sure I was prepared. Like I read Work Rules, the book. I read, read How Google Works um, because I thought that it was really important to understand the culture so that I could incorporate those into my answers. And that's truly why I think that I made it through was I just knew so much about the culture and I had a lot of metrics in my answers because Google is such a metrics focused company. Um, and I think if you do those two things and you just bring very positive energy and you showcase what you've really done again through metrics, I think that you'll be, you'll be okay. You know, it, it's funny how when you think about it, people tend to forget that the way to any job, no matter what it is, is you need to know who you're going to work with you need to know some type of information about how they do business, what type of business they have. It doesn't matter if it's an entrepreneur or a Fortune 5 like, like Google. You really still need to know how to be able to connect. So that's great for you to mention that because I think those are some of the things, I know many of us on here are entrepreneurs. However, there still are people who still go to regular and they need to remember you need those resumes. You need good conversation. You need to do research. You need to investigate the company. You need to know what you're going to be doing and how you can be an asset to that company. Yeah, and um, I, anytime I take a random phone call, I try to answer all my LinkedIn messages. I'm not always the fastest one to respond because I get a lot, but like I do try to answer everyone's LinkedIn messages or schedule at least a phone call. And for me, the number one thing, thing I'm looking for is someone brings positive energy, good energy. That's always the number one. The second thing is that they've done their homework. I hate, and I will use the word hate, getting on a call with someone 
who's looking for me to help them in some way. And I have to lead the conversation. Like they don't have any questions. They're kind of just like, tell me about Google. And then they're like, can you refer me or what can I do? And I want someone, and this is where you make yourself really stand out to, I think me and a lot of other people is if you come with very specific questions and you show that you've done the research. So it's like, I've read these articles online about Google and I've seen that there are X, Y, and Z. And I really would love for you to touch on that. Or, you know, here is my resume and I have these metrics. Do you think this is enough? What do you think I can do potentially more in this role for, um, in my current role for this position? There's certain ways to really lead the conversation instead of it. Like, sometimes I ask myself, like, does this person really want me to speak for 30 minutes and they're not going to say anything? Like, I can do that. I love to talk, but it's just not um, an engaging conversation for me. And sometimes I just don't love just like talking to someone. I want someone to really lead the conversation and show like they're serious about this. They can be in a, in a room um, and they can be in a, in a meeting and really lead a meeting. That's kind of a lot of times what I'm looking for is can you lead a meeting? Are you going to be a leader? Not just being very passive and wanting someone to just tell you everything. Um, so those are two big things that I always look for when someone jumps on a phone call with me beyond their like, you know, resume, their experience. Um, but you can find people with a lot of the same experience. You can't find a lot of people with that interpersonal skills um, and really the non, the non-tangibles. So, you know, it's, I, I remember one time um, at work, um, I had to do a meeting and I came in and I was like, <laughs> cause I'm silly. Like that. And it was like, really? I was like, cause y'all are all sitting like this. Exactly. Jeff, you come into every meeting like that. I don't care who the client is. I don't. But just keep it all the way real. Tell about one time I came in. No man. I I was the one in charge of this particular meeting, but everybody was sitting there. It was it was an internship meeting, and I was the coordinator. So I guess they must have thought all they was in. But they was just, oh my gosh, please relax a little. I mean, we are in a professional, but have a little bit fun. So I just like nah 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 nah. <laughs> You know, exactly. you got to keep it, you got to keep it fun. You got to keep it fresh. You like, I always say to people, you have to want to like really be in a meeting. Like you have to um, make the meeting worth going to, if you're going to sit there and this is even speaking engagements. Like a lot of young people say, how do you like figure out how you're going to be a speaker or whatnot? I'm like I try to think to myself, is someone going to be bored out of their mind and want to leave or just be like, okay, what time is it? I want to get out of here. Or are they going to be like engaged and have fun and go home and be like, wow, I listened to Mallory today. And so I, I love that you do that. Sometimes I have to be the one that like breaks the ice in my meetings because a lot of the engineers that I work with are extremely introverted. And sometimes it could be a little bit awkward because I am the only one that's like, hey, everyone, and like, let's have some fun. And they're all looking at me like, oh, my gosh, I hope Mallory doesn't call on me um, like school. I feel like sometimes. But I mean, I don't know. I tell them all the time, like, do you really just want to sit and all look at each other and not have anything to say? Like, I don't know. Maybe, that's just not my style. Well, I just want to thank all our viewers out there. Hey, Mama George. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask, you know, um, Mal is here to discuss whatever you need to help you leverage your um, virtual assistant role because we do want to even you start off as a virtual assistant, but of course there are different areas that you can launch into, whether it's owning your own agency, being an OBM, 
you know, there are very as different assets or, and you're, you're in the virtual assistant industry, but there are several more things that you can become a Google ad specialist. You can become a stream yard specialist. You can have your own podcast. So don't let the word, you know, virtual assistant hone you into a, you know, into a cubhole, broaden your horizons. And you're only going to do that by leveraging your role. So then you have, that comes with study and understanding. So how on an average, how, how, I don't know if you can guess, but if there was a billion people in the world on a day, how many of that billion would you say have touched Google in some form, shape and fashion? Oh man, I feel like I want to get that stat because I'm very curious, but probably a lot. Because when you think about all the Google products that there are, it's just like G Suite. So calendar, um, docs, all of that. Then you have even like Google Maps. And if anyone uses the Apple Waze, Waze is a Google owned product. Oh. You have, yeah, you have Google search, which many people use. There's I don't love Waze. Yeah, there's Google shopping, there's Google travel, there's um, Google.org. That's like a huge thing that I don't think a lot of people know about, like Google for nonprofits. Oh, no. Um, oh, yeah, no. you should. Yeah, Google.org is like their um, corporate social responsibility arm, and they have Google for nonprofits. We also have, um, what is it? Um, they have, we have a Google Digital Coaches that do... Um, free different webinars for people from underrepresented groups in tech to help them. It's all that like business. We have Google for startups. We have, um, there's tons of different Google, um, G capital. I think it's called Google capital. That's the VC arm. I mean, there's so many different parts of Google that I don't think people realize, um, that there are different, again, products or events or different places. So, I'd say out of a billion, I definitely probably say at least a couple hundred million of them probably definitely touch some kind of Google product. I mean, even just a Pixel phone, um, that's also something that people have. And I, I will say I have a Pixel for work and then I have for my personal phone, I have a Apple. And for me, because I like to keep it real, I love my iPhone for uh, integrating into different apps. But I love the Pixel camera better and I love the actual like holding of it. I didn't think I would like, like there's like a, a touch button on the back and at first it was very awkward for me, but then I like loved it. I think it might be an older version now, but I actually really like the Pixel, but I don't know if I'd ever switch out of my iPhone if for full time, um, if I'm keeping it 100%. So what? I was just showing real quick, this is google.org. I've never been here. And you see that there is a challenge. It did think it just, you know, ended, but uh, there's grants and so forth. So this was like something we definitely want to uh, yeah. check out for sure. Google.org. And as you for startups too, I would, if anyone has Google. a startup or something, I would highly recommend and Google digital coaches. Google because, for startups. Yeah. I don't know if they have a page, but it's definitely okay. also grow, grow with Google too. I don't know if they have, if that, I'll find out the information. Grow with Google okay. is another one that people might want to um, look into because people now can get like Google certifications Google. to be like a project manager or something to add to their resume. Um, yeah, nice. 
Um, and you you started you said that there was some webinar series they had for for people of color startups. Yeah. They gave me um, they gave me free coaching on something, just for yeah, going to the. It's called Google Digital Coaches. Now I'm trying to look it up. Okay. Um, I can find it's with Grow with Google. Let me um, send you in the chat. I don't know if you can see that there. Yeah, here's this the site right here, Mira Digital yes. Coaches. Cool. And they usually host um, in person or uh, or virtual workshops. Nice. Wow. We'll definitely uh, share these. Yeah. These links and check it out. Nice. This is great information. Mm -hmm. For sure. Nice. Thank you. Okay. Well, we got to get you a workshop now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny. I actually have a hard time sometimes with G Suite in the sense that I am a part of a lot of different, we call it dog fooding. So it means that you could be part of like the beta testers and I sometimes am automatically put into the calendar and mail dog fooding stuff because I'm a high user of those two products. And um, so sometimes I don't realize that the features that I have, no one else has. So I'll be telling like, you know, someone that I know, like, just do this feature. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't you know, it's right here. They're like, now you're using like the enterprise high level thing that we've never seen before. So sometimes I have to remind myself when I'm talking to people, I have to use my personal uh, laptop and really make sure whatever I'm telling people, it actually exists in the real world. Um, so, so now, uh, so G Suite, is it Google Workplace now? Yes. Okay, Google, Google Workplace. Yes, yeah, sorry, it's the same thing. Got it, got it. I, uh, I have to remember that they changed the name. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I know Google's always changing. They have like 8,000 different like uh, chat, different products. Um, but I still have to always rep Google. And I will say that before I came to Google, I was always team Google. I worked in Microsoft products for that year and like three months that I was at the company before and I hated it. I like could not wait to get out of Outlook for me personally. And so when people are like, you're just team Google because you work there, I'm like, no, I was team Google for a very long time. Like during college, I like my freshman year, I started using it and I loved it. And um, even though I probably should learn Microsoft a little bit more, I'm uh, always team Google right now. You know, it's so funny that you say that because when I first came in, um, when I switched over into the industry, I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to play with Microsoft. I love Microsoft. Oh, Microsoft, Microsoft. Baby, I'm now Google girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Microsoft. You know, people can own that. But I, I think it's easy, like, you more user-friendly. I do think Microsoft has some more uh, features. But I think Google's easier to use if you're just, like, trying to start with stuff. I think it's easier. I, agree. I feel like Google gets the job done. Yeah, Microsoft has a lot of stuff, but it just gets the job done, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's for me. I like it very, I like to keep things very simple. Yeah. Even I'm not like a super sheets master, to be honest. Like some people at Google, they know sheets so well and they do 8,000 different things. And I'm like, I, it would take me more time to put all those fancy features in. I don't, I only need to know a couple and just keep the sheets very simple. And I've never had any any person I support ever tell me you don't do a good job with sheets. And I really do not know it. That's something actually on my list that I kind of want to level up a little bit, but it's never inhibited me from 
from my job. Um, and I tell a lot of people the technical stuff is very important, but I think sometimes also just learning how to really communicate and work well with different executives, entrepreneurs, business leaders, politicians, whoever you support. So, so many people have told me just, I just like working with you because you're, you communicate well, you have good energy, you care about me. They are just like, that's really like what I'm looking for. And then I can, you know, put you in a class, I can teach you the technical stuff. But it's again, all of those other skills that sometimes you, you don't have time to teach someone how to write an email, how to communicate really well with them. Um, so. So what, what would be five key pointers that you would give someone in to begin their process of leveling up their uh, uh, virtual or leveling up in any entity in their business? I think the first thing, and I say this in like 99% of my presentations is you have to become very self-aware. And I say this because once you are very self-aware in what you want in your, you know, um, being an assistant, who you are as an assistant, you get really honest with yourself. And I give you, for example, I am not a morning person. I'm trying so hard to become a morning person, but I am not. And so if I were to tell, if, if an executive were, were to want to work with me, again, virtually or at a company, and they were to be like, I would need you to be on between five and eight in the morning, because for whatever reason, they need me then. I would be very, even if the job was like, let's say paying a ridiculous amount of money, I would be setting myself up for failure because I would know that every day I would be miserable. I would probably miss a meeting here or there because I hate waking up early. And so I think a lot of times you have to be very honest with yourself on who you are and what you have to offer and taking on the certain executives or certain clients that you want to take. So that's like the number one thing I'd say. The second thing I'd say is you have to get very good at adapting. Um, I think that something with me, again, that I think executives have liked is I have definitely tried to adapt. That does not mean that you have to change your entire self. I still feel as though I bring my entire authentic self to work at the best as I can. But it means like if an executive really wants you to email a certain way, like, and it's not going to, you know, cost you anything or it's not going to bother you too, too much, but it might be a little bit of an inconvenience. Why not do it that way and try it and see if it would work? So I'd say being really um, adaptable is important. I'd say um, figuring out how to deal with triggers or like interruptions. For me, um, I think being able to, again, one for certain things that are interruptions, how do you not get distracted by them or how do you not get bothered? Or if someone's messaging you a thousand times, how do you not freak out? And I think the other thing is things that trigger you. Um, I've been through different you know, trauma in my life. I'm sure everyone who's watching has their own story. And there are times where I have been triggered at work and I have to really figure out how do I not get triggered? Not saying that um, it's okay or not, but how do I make myself be able to still work, to still operate and to not let whatever's triggering me, even if it's very innocent, right? Someone says the name of an abusive ex that I had and it really triggers me and bothers me. How do I not get into a, a panic state where I'm, I can't work for the next hour? And I think it's very important because I see sometimes people at Google um, or even, you know, anywhere in the work, they get triggered and they don't know how to deal with it and their work suffers. So I've done a lot of work with trying to figure out what can I put in place 
um, to make sure that if I'm triggered, I have a plan in place that it doesn't derail my entire day or my productivity. Um, the fourth thing I would say is get a community. I think that, you know, Janet, like what you do with Bianca and other people on Clubhouse is amazing and great. I'd say get a community, especially outside of where you're working, get other people's perspectives on how you can level up with your business or um, supporting the executives. I think that's super important. And then the last thing I think is just understanding that, again, you're more than your assistant role. You're, you're beyond that and making sure you really establish that with the teams that you support, with the people that you support. Don't just have meetings and don't just talk about the work. Even if it's one sentence saying, again, I'm a, I'm a new time plant mom, like something that just reminds them, hey, I'm a human being at the end of this. Um, I'm a human being at the end of the day because I think sometimes people need the reminders, sadly, and I think it um, will give you a stronger relationship with the people you support. So those are the five tips that I have for you right now on my mind. <laughs> That's really um, important, the, the knowing your triggers thing. Um, I have bipolar disorder and I am very in tune to when my medicine's not working or my mood is shifting and my boss is too, because he'll be like, Okay, Nikki, are you sure you need to take some time off or are you okay? Because he'll notice that either I work a lot quicker or I'm not working at all or I'm coming in late. And he'll be like, do you need some support? And my whole team is like that because I have schooled them on how to help me with my triggers. So definitely knowing what what issues you have so that you can help have your team support you is is really good. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's something that people don't talk about that I think is really important beyond our work, like that is really important just for life is really knowing what is going to trigger you and being honest or um, with yourself, potentially with your manager, potentially with your team. I'm very open with a lot of people about things. It's not everyone's style. I never think that people should just be open to be open because of whatever you do. You have to be ready for it. You have to be ready for what can come. Um, but I choose personally to be very open about certain things. I struggle with different mental health stuff. I've been in an abusive relationship. I've been through a lot of things that I feel as though for me, I want people to know so that if I act a certain way or if I have to, again, take a day off, they understand why. And, um, and I have a plan. Like People don't realize doing these speaking engagements are very difficult for me. I've been sued before. A lot of people don't realize that someone did not agree with something I said from my past because I was telling a story and that person sued me and I won my case and everything's all good now. But like going through that was extremely triggering for me. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, if I say something that someone in my past life, like for example, if I were to say something about like my, the first company that I was talking about. I don't know if they're they're going to react and they're me saying that they're not a that they're more of a traditional company. Someone can get pissed off and, you know, say whatever they want. And so um, when I do these speaking engagements, I have an entire pregame and postgame routine that I do to make sure that uh, I'm fully prepped mentally. And then afterwards that I don't, um, you know, have so much anxiety about it. So. So how do you how do you think. Um... I know we uh, know that shortly the George Floyd verdict will be coming um, to the forefront in just a few moments or so. I know it started, the conference started about 4.30ish. How do you feel that will make an 
impact on Google? Like, are there certain things that you all, when things like this are occurring, that you all prepare for? And then do you all have like a system that you run? Because of course, people will be looking for pictures and things and, you know, because now they'll go back and reference social media. Is there a certain system or thing that you all deal with um, when things like this occur? So what I would say is, I wouldn't say every single event, not every single thing that happens, but I would say that people, that managers and leaders know a lot of times what's going on, definitely not all the time. And I don't think there's any company-wide policies on if there's a major event, this is how we're going to react to this. I think it's very localized, very team-specific or manager-specific, and sometimes just personal, um, personally-specific. Uh, and so I, I don't know, I wouldn't be privy to that information. What I would say is Google is definitely a place where I think that there's a lot of different ERGs. There's, there's a ton of different groups that you can be a part of and different mental health resources, which if something does trigger you, right? Like we're talking about triggers or something is very upsetting or something is very big that's happening. Um, like what happened at the Capitol building earlier this year, things like that. There's things in place where if you don't want to, if, if you can't work or something that you can uh, tell your manager, but I would say as a company, um, there's a lot of different people that like threat, like email threads will start. I've been a part of different people um, that will send blast emails to different groups. Um, they have people sometimes come in as guest speakers afterwards to kind of do um, like a community support. A lot of times I see with different um, groups that they want to have someone externally kind of come in and facilitate something. But I wouldn't say that there's anything company-wide that happens or any policy. Um, and a lot of times uh, different leaders will address certain things via email or in a team meeting, an all-hands type of meeting I've seen happen. And uh, I know before we started, I said, like, for me, I um, it's very important to me to be an ally to, you know, all different underrepresented groups. And I take being an admin very seriously or take um, being an ally very seriously, specifically in being an administrative business partner at Google. And I really try to get as many other people um, to be allies and see how important our role can be in influencing leadership, different policies, um, what Google supports. Um, I really take that very seriously. And I think that a lot of other um, admins, I've been trying to get them to see it that way as well. Because I do think we as administrative professionals at Google have a lot of access and influence and uh, especially to, again, leadership that we can make an impact. And I know that I do that a lot with the leaders that I support and trying to make them stronger allies as well. Uh, Mal, I don't, I don't think everybody knows what an ERG is. Can you explain? Oh, sorry. It's an employee resource group. So at Google, we have a bunch of different ones. We have like Greglers, we have the Black Googler Network, we have Women Act, we have Ola, we have, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting a bunch. Uh, we have uh, one for uh, Christian Googlers, we have the Jugglers, we have um, a, a bunch of different well, ones for the um, Asian community that I'm totally forgetting the name. Unfortunately, I'm blanking on that. Um, I like the jugglers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But we have we have a bunch of different. So there are um, different affinity groups of people that feel as though that um, for underrepresented groups that people can have different events, 
that people, um, there's different policies that those groups, that the leadership of those groups try to influence at Google. Um, so for example, if when you search something, if you were to search something and something inappropriate or something racist or homophobic or something that was anti-Semitic came up, those groups often advocate on behalf of um, them to try to get it to be fixed. And I've seen some very intense threads on when things in the media happens, those groups are like on it in a second. They're like, what the heck is this? Um, and they're really advocating. And I've seen, honestly, a lot of allies also message those groups to say like, hey, I've seen this happening in the news or, or this happened, how can we help? How can my team help? Again, it's not perfect. I don't wanna say like Google's this like place that's super perfect, it's not, but there are definitely those resources for people. Wow, wow. I think we've had a phenomenal conversation today. I have surely been enlightened about just different things and aspect of what I thought Google was and what Google really has to offer and just how you've used your platform to leverage, you know, yourself and your business and how we can use that in, in our businesses. Um, today we are sponsored by none other than Go Kiss. Go kiss that social is our social media scheduling platform. You can find it at gokiss.social. That is the website address. It is $25.99 a month or $279 for the year. I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> I have one more question for Mallory. I wanted to ask her, um, what do you what do you think we can do to further more than an admin? And that I'm an administrative assistant. I'm also a virtual assistant working in my side hustle on the side while still working um, so that people get rid of the stereotype that's holding us back. Yeah, so right now I have these clubhouse rooms and people have been very aggressive with me on having, uh, they're uh, usually 5 p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays. But I'm trying to uh, get myself to have an earlier time as well for people in other parts of the world. I've honestly just been in the midst of a cross country move. So I've been telling people that like um, launching this has been again, a very slow journey. There's a lot coming up, um, but I didn't want to overwhelm myself. So probably uh, starting in two weeks, there will be um, two different times. So people can join the clubhouse room. I would say just uh, stay tuned because I'm going to be launching my website very soon. And it should be www.morethananadmin.com. Um, you can find out more information on like my personal website, which is www.ilearnwithmal.com. Um, that's also one of my Instagram handles as well. Um, and I'll be launching, a I'll be announcing a lot of the launches then. Um, but I'm trying to start like this pledge. I want to get a couple of big people in different positions to take this pledge and saying that they um, see the uh, assistant role, again, no matter what industry you're, you're in, it's just more than an assistant and to agree to invest in their their personal uh, or like their assistant, whether it's personal, executive, whatever they call it. Um, and I want to really uh, put a lot of pressure on different people to take a stand on this because I really do believe it's an, it's an important movement, um, not again, just for us to see it, but for the world to really see us as more as more than that, because you know, to be honest, I had a interaction with a family member not even that long ago that basically told me like I would never be a servant. I would never be on someone else's time and like totally talk down on my role. And my mom is like, 
tell, tell this person how much money you make and tell them how much influence you have and like all the stuff that you're doing. And I'm like, I know, like I was shocked that someone that like in my own family was like, you're basically not really having a real career. And um, I didn't mention this earlier, but some of the other things that I do, I just want to say this very quickly is I am a um, 20, I have a 20% role, uh, program manager role where I co-lead this program that we invest in uh, community college students in New York City right now um, that are, that's really focused on Black and Latinx students and trying to get them to have resources in STEM. And uh, we, I lead the mentorship portion of that where they get a one hour monthly session with different, um, with a mentor at Google. And then they also have different programming and different events and they have a community of these students. And it's a really amazing program that I would have never been able to do that because it costs a lot of money to invest in something like this at other places. And I'm really proud that I have this opportunity, something that I wanted to do for a long time to really help a program like this. And I work with um, a couple other people in different parts of Google. But I'm like, I do more than, again, just schedule. And I think the world needs to know that, um, that a lot of us do do that. Again, whether it's at work or even in our personal lives. I mean, there's so many people that are moms that I'm like so amazed that are moms and our assistants because I don't even know how to take care of a plant right now. So um, anyway, you can, you can you know, stay up to date on my personal websites. That's where I'll be announcing things are on my social media platforms. And I really appreciate you asking that question. And just like how we're discussing about leveraging your business, you know what? You can leverage yourself. You can join us at our VA World Conference that's occurring just a month away. Now, we only have a few, maybe 10, maybe five more days for early ticket, um, early, um, what's the word? I can't even, I'm tongue-tied. Early um, admission tickets. However, you can still join us thereafter. It's a totally virtual conference. Now, we will be there to make sure everything is facilitated, but it's virtual. So you can take the time one weekend, leverage your business by listening to these great speakers and all the information they have to offer. Please don't hesitate to sign up at the www.vaworldconference.com. We look forward to seeing you join us then. Well, we only have a few more minutes left in the show. Mallory, we thank you so very much. Um, I'd like to close the show by definitely telling everyone, no matter what the verdict, please remember, love your family, take care of your family, and still love each other. We still have to coincide in this world, and we cannot coexist or live together with hate. We'll see you on the next time of Soltable. Remember to like and subscribe. See you soon.